is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ringmasters Podcast. This is week six of this semester, this season. Uh, this is our sixth episode. Uh, I'm your host, Grant Lefave. I am joined, as always, by Jameson Galloway. Jameson, how are you doing this week? Doing good, man. It's a good week. It was, uh, it was actually a pretty decent week of wrestling all the way around. It was. I'm not even going to argue about that. No. It was a solid, I can't believe I'm saying this, but only five hours of wrestling yeah, this week. <laughs> that's nice. That's a nice break, just five hours and, and six plus this. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually enjoyed Raw this week, mm-hmm. so that's a plus. I haven't been able to say that in a, about a month. but Yeah, it was a mostly good show, and uh, SmackDown was um, pretty good also. Yeah, SmackDown um, was fine. Overall, I'm excited about this new pay-per-view, No Mercy, which yeah. is going on this Sunday, uh, which we're going to talk about towards the end of the show. We're going to make some predictions. Uh, we're going to talk about what will happen, what should happen. <laughs> Grant uh, loves that. What, yeah, <laughs> I have to. Every every show, I have to make that little disclaimer. Yeah, that's true. But uh, either way, so we actually have some out-of-the-ring news to get into yes. today. Jameson, you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, TNA's for sale. Yes. Have you heard that? TNA is for sale. Uh Rumors are that uh, WWE is going to buy their uh, video library, but not the company, which is a smart move. Um, So, yeah, I probably have watched TNA maybe 10 times in my life and no longer than 10 minutes each time. But, (laughs) yeah, Uh, you ever watch TNA? Yeah, I don't follow it at all. As a wrestling fan, like I watched the final deletion and the the sequel, which were brilliant in their insanity. But I also don't follow TNA regularly. But I have heard that uh, WWE is interested in Jeff Hardy, uh, especially with all the wonderful character work he's been doing. But uh, a lot of there's a lot of speculation as to what they want, like what's going to happen, what's next for TNA. So there's a lot of talk about that that's been going on lately. Yep. Um, also, Ric Flair uh, came out and said that he slept with Holly Berry. Yeah, I heard I about that. I hope that's true. We'll just leave that there. Well, he, he said he took her to space, uh, space Mountain was the terminology I believe he used. <laughs> when I came across that article, I just, that's great stuff there. But yeah. uh, you, you got some out-of-the-ring news as well, more serious, on a more serious note. Yes, on a more serious note, uh, Alberto Del Rio, who has parted ways again with the WWE uh, very recently for a myriad of reasons, um, was actually attacked after a car accident. Uh, on his way to a AAA show, uh, and he was stabbed several times and thus was unable to make the show. And there was a lot of speculation in that 24- to 48-hour period as to whether he was going to no-show the event, as to what happened because he lost his cell phone during the incident. But he apparently sustained a cut on the head and several on his arms. Um, so we just wish him a speedy recovery uh, because that is serious, serious business. So I... Uh, you know, we miss Del Rio a lot. He was great on WWE, and it's unfortunate that, you know, they live in the real world where things like this can happen to guys like him. So it was that was a really unfortunate incident. Yeah, and uh, also Jamie Noble was reportedly stabbed this week. So uh, two two wrestlers reportedly stabbed. Not a good weekend. For, what is going on with I don't the stabbings, know. man? I, I have no idea. It's October, I guess. I guess. It's Halloween time. I don't know, but hopefully they can stop. Yes. Uh, please stop attacking our wrestlers, yeah. everybody. Especially people like Jamie Noble, who helped make the show, and Alberto Del Rio, who made the show great when he was on it. J&J Security, man. Yeah, yeah, no. I uh, love both of those guys, and I wish them both speedy recoveries. Uh, that's very, very unfortunate news. So uh, please treat wrestlers with respect, everybody. That's a serious <laughs> message. So, All right, so I think that's all the uh, very, very negative news we have about wrestling that isn't on the show. Um, let's get into Raw. Let's do it. All right. Let's do this. So the show starts um, 
with Roman Reigns cutting a promo and putting himself over as the first Samoan United States champion. And he gets interrupted by Lana, who delivers a challenge uh, for Rusev to reclaim his title. Uh, Reigns insulted her, and then eventually Rusev came out and they fought. And Reigns stood uh, victorious and put down the challenge, threw down the gauntlet, as you'd say, to Rusev for a match at Hell in a Cell. Inside Hell in a Cell, yeah. Um, I loved what Lana did in this segment. Lana comes out there by herself, uh, has a has a talking point with Roman Reigns. She never stuttered. She she acted like a professional. Uh, Lana's good, dude. She's uh, she's a good worker, a good performer, a good entertainer. I like everything that Lana does. And for being a Roman Reigns segment, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a good opening to the show. Um, yeah, a Rusev. Uh, and Roman Reigns, I think, will put on a good show at Hell in a Cell, and it was uh, a good. It set the tone for the night. I was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I don't even have that many complaints. I think Roman Reigns, his promo work has been getting better. Not that it could have gotten much worse, but it is slowly getting better. His reaction, I noticed, was much more positive than usual. He got a lot more cheers. Um, the boos seem to come with his entrance music, if you've noticed yep, that. Yep. Like, when he's out there talking or something's going on or he's actually getting to work, people will cheer, but whenever they hear his name or his music or are reminded that he's Roman Reigns, they boo him. Right. So he still has that hurdle to get over, but I believe that this feud with Rusev could do good things for both guys. I, and also, I think because Rusev's such a good heel, it's actually putting uh, putting over Roman Reigns in a way where the fans are starting to cheer him a little bit more. But, yeah, Roman Reigns coming out of nowhere at the end of the segment kind of uh, just put the, the cherry on top, and I thought it was a good good segment to start the show. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a good start to the show. Uh, coming up next, we have the Cruiserweights in action. Uh, we have Raw's, or WWE in general's, their favorite trope of so-and-so has pinned the ch- whatever yeah. champion. That seems to happen quite a bit. It just yeah. keeps happening every week. It Forever, man. It's been yeah. going on for... Good match, though. These two put on a good match. Oh, yeah, no, it was quality work. Uh, Kendrick won by submission, submitting TJ Perkins with the captain's hook. Um, which is leading to a rematch between the two of them, is what I'm assuming is going to be going yeah. on. But uh, I love Brian Kendrick. I think he's a much more interesting uh, character on the show now than TJ Perkins. They haven't done a lot with Perkins' character. Uh, he's a very good worker, but I think uh, Brian Kendrick already has that from the Cruiserweight Classic and the Indies, that built-in character already established. So I think they should go some places with him. Yeah, I agree. I think Kendrick, he's a, he's a weird dude, man. I don't know if it's just his character or if that's how he is in real life, but uh, he's a, he's he's weird. What about those tights, man? I want those. <laughs> I want to wear those to work. <laughs> wear those tights around campus and see how uh, people react. I will. I'll, I'll put it up on our Twitter. Right. So Now I actually have to do that because I said it on the show, but all right. We'll look into that. Anyway, uh, coming up next, we have uh, another Braun Strowman mauling, uh, defeating Chase Silver, enhancement talent. He won with the running power slam. And Braun actually, you know, it wasn't just another squash because he actually said at the end of the match, give me some competition here. Give me somebody that I can actually uh, compete with or that compete with me. Um, I thought that was good. I was like, this is just, I mean, is he going anywhere? While this match is going on, I'm like, we're going to be seeing this forever. Put him in a storyline, and that's exactly what he said in the interview after the match. I was happy to hear that. Yeah, and I love that we've decided that Sin Cara and James Ellsworth are not competition. <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah, by, exactly. uh, by process of elimination, we've decided this. I mean, Sin Cara might be against somebody else, but not against Braun Strowman. Against himself, probably. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, not that, you know, I'm sure we're the very first person to make that joke. But uh, anyway, so that's interesting. I'm glad Braun has some momentum. I'm glad he seems to be aware that, okay, these squashes are fun, but he needs to get into a program. So, and that's what we've been saying for a little while now. So, you know what? I'm all for it. I am all for that. So coming up next, uh, we have probably my favorite segment of the night that wasn't wrestling. Great uh, it is Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho coming into the ring. They're both universal champion, according to Jericho. <laughs> Uh, Jericho subtly introduces the idea that he wants to challenge Owens and pops the crowd huge. And because they're ready to see Jericho in a championship program again. Yeah, they want to see that. Yeah, and then Owens cleverly distracts him by saying, hey, let's win these tag team championships together and remain best friends. Right. So it gives everybody motivation. It was so good. I don't believe that these are the same people who have been writing Raw last week right no this was a fun segment everything about it was good um i like the the new day and uh just all all these guys on the mic are just superb they're they're the best on the mic all three of the new day we know kevin owens and y2j are just are great um perfect perfect group of five to uh be in the ring together for a talking segment yes the new day finally has some verbal sparring partners who are comfortable with going back and forth with them. Which the club showed that they couldn't really do. Well, yeah, without getting into this whole discussion again, well, like these, they're all on the same wavelength. For right. whatever reason, they just click because they're all talented and they all know how to work with one another. And it just worked so well, it just seemed natural. Like you didn't have to think about it or scratch your head as a wrestling fan or wonder what they were doing. You just kind of sat back and enjoyed it, which is the best thing that wrestling can do. So... Yeah, you're totally right there. So, coming up next, we have uh, the debut of the Titus brand, and most importantly, I think. Jameson, can you explain to everyone who might not have seen it what the Titus brand is? Um, I guess it's just uh, Titus Titus O'Neil is just rebranding himself. He's just He's got this new attitude. He was he still couldn't cut a promo very well before the match. Um, he actually <laughs> dominated the match, if you watched it, against Sami Zayn. He, he, was, he was on on offense for 75%. Of course, he, he doesn't win the match. Sami Zayn goes over, but uh, I I don't see really this going anywhere for Titus. No, I don't see Titus going anywhere. I think he's ever, afraid. Ever of since the suspension, again. <laughs> it just ruined ruined his whole career. Yeah. But and where by the way, where's uh where's Bob Backlund and Darren Young? Oh, good question. Did you check main event or superstars this week? Yeah, that's that's exactly probably where that's they're at, Grant. I did not it. check, but that's probably where they're at. Yeah. Uh, so now they're completely off of television. Titus O'Neil's character arc, if you were to look at it as just a character, it's the most confusing thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but if you didn't know like the, what wrestling is and the fact that he got suspended and is now afraid to do anything. Right. So, But that, it seems like someone's trying to give him another chance, but it's not going to work. Maybe. I mean, you know what? Uh, I didn't mind the match at all. That was fine work from both guys, so... Not bad. So, uh, speaking of the club, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Luke Giles and Carl Anderson defeated Golden Truth, who haven't been on TV in a little while now. Yeah, it was good to see the Golden Truth, and that's that was about all I had for that match. <laughs> no, that was, it was short. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing to it. it really, it really wasn't. But right. uh, just a uh, pretty much domination from Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, which that makes sense, I yeah, guess. But I honestly am more excited about the Golden Truth at this point because they're fun yeah. as characters, and the club tried to be fun, and then they could not and now they're serious and now everything is terrible with them so moving on i promised i wouldn't be too negative on raw this episode uh coming up next we have ashton kutcher and danny masterson uh who are guest starring on the show um confronting owens and jericho backstage and arguing about which two men are better friends 
and Jericho tells him off and makes this awesome face at the camera at the end, which is yeah. ridiculous. Jericho was hilarious in this segment. Uh, Danny Masterson acted like he didn't want to be there. I feel like he didn't really uh, have too much enthusiasm throughout the show. Uh, and Ashton Kutcher, he was, he was Ashton Kutcher. I got, I'm not not a huge Ashton Kutcher mark, but uh, ever since he tried to replace, um, what's his name on uh, – that show on how, uh, the uh, how, two and a half two men. and a half men two there you go men. Charlie Sheen yeah once ever since he tried to take over uh, that job from Charlie Sheen I just haven't been a big fan that was the, I love I loved that show with Charlie Sheen but that was the breaking point that for was you. yeah that was it so ever since then I just eh. you didn't enjoy the the critically panned and commercially unsuccessful Steve Jobs movie that they did with him never which saw was, it. which was so bad that Michael Fassbender did another great one <laughs> after that never saw either of them but I'm sure the the Ashton Kutcher version wasn't great I was splendid. I never watched that seventy no, show either, so I I just never never really got into Kutcher. Yeah, it's I I don't think he contributed a lot to the show. The the thing the problem about celebrity guests if you get someone like Rick Ross or Ashton Kutcher <laughs> uh, on your show or Flo Rida, Flo Rida yeah. uh, except for the instance where Bo Dallas totally beat him in a rap battle. Flo Rida was in Mount Pleasant this weekend, by the way. Was he really? Yeah. What was he doing here? Uh, he had a show at Soaring Eagle, and then he came to uh, O'Kelly's, the, the local restaurant here in town. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Florida in town. Did you see him? I did not see him, All but right. uh, there was about a two-hour line at O'Kelly's. My goodness, for for him. So yeah, wow, that's cool. interesting stuff. Yeah, did Bo Dallas show up and just <laughs> mark him on stage? No. no, Bo Dallas unfortunately wasn't there, but that would have been cool. I would have went in if Bo Dallas would have been there. Oh my goodness, yeah, no, I would have waited two hours for that. <laughs> yeah. But what are we talking about? Oh yeah, All right. that Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> All right, which... Ashton Kutcher. Moving on. They contribute nothing to the show. Yeah. Um, Coming up next, we have uh, Enzo Amore and Big Cass uh, presenting three breast cancer survivors with their own championship belts. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So everything was good there. Yeah. No. Great. Um, you know, that's it's great that WWE takes the time and the effort to do something they don't even need to do, but do anyway, and it's a good cause. So I really, you know, uh, appreciate them taking the time to do that, and there are two really entertaining guys doing it. So. Yep, they uh, they handled the the segment well. I was uh, that's good good work from both of them. Definitely, I'm good. they just played it straight. Didn't yep. try to make a lot of jokes right. about anything. They were just like, okay, these people are brave and survivors, so we need to honor them. Wonderful. So good good segment. But anyway, coming up we have who is next? It is New, New Day. Day defeating Owens and Jericho. Uh, in a non-title match with those two dudes from who are now on this like Netflix show that nobody watches called The Ranch, <laughs> the Ranch I yeah. think my roommate was watching that the other day. Really? Not not to get off on a tangent. Did he enjoy here. it? Uh, he, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 pretty funny because the humor is subtle." And I just was like, "There's not a lot of jokes is the problem." But me just hating on other people's hard work aside, it was probably won't tune into that one. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. It's for all like the the parents who are too old to get into like Luke Cage and <laughs> Daredevil and whatever else they've got going on. But anyway, um, New Day defeats Kevin Owens and Jericho, which makes a lot of sense. You know they're the tag team champions; they shouldn't lose if they don't need to. Uh, so that was completely fine. Um, and then after the match, uh, Rollins and the New Day challenge Owens to get into the ring and save Jericho because Rollins did a run in. <laughs> And um, but Owens, because he only loves himself, he left him. Rollins went to a full babyface mode here when he's in the ring with the New Day, calling out other people. That if you're in the ring with the New Day, you're just you're full babyface now. Yeah. And speaking of Rollins, we I talked about last week how I wish he would have said something. I mean, the week before he 
or, or the pay-per-view, Stephanie pretty much, you know, took the title from him and sent the ref out when uh, Kevin Owens would win. Didn't say anything last week. I said maybe they'll build it up for next week. He had a sit-down interview with Michael Cole, which didn't really pay off for me. No. Um, and then he he talked to Stephanie McMahon backstage, which he had a great he had a great line um, about uh, <laughs> you you've made this is the second biggest mistake you've made uh, as uh, Kevin Owens as choosing your guy to be the champion. That was the second biggest decision that Triple H made, and the the worst one was marrying you, Stephanie. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's my Seth Rollins rant. I wish he would have talked last week, but it's either here nor there. Yeah, and and that's we, at least we got Seth Rollins in the ring with a new day because we've they've only come cross paths a few times, but when they do, it's nice because you have this guy who takes himself so seriously and is so fussy and so temperamental versus these guys who just like to have fun. It's a great little dynamic, and I wish they'd be in promos together more because it's fun. But either way, um, Seth Rollins as a babyface is something that should have happened from the beginning of his return. So I'm glad they're finally doing it. So, coming up next, we have a cruiserweight match. It was Tony Nese defeating Rich Swan uh, with a pump handle Mishinoku driver, which I liked, and uh, got a pinfall. I was actually surprised to see Tony Nese uh, defeat Rich Swan. I like Tony Nese, mm-hmm. but uh, they've been they've been putting over Rich Swan pretty hard. It feels like, but uh, Tony Nese gets the W. I don't know. Still don't know how he weighs under two hundred five pounds, but <laughs> I guess he does. He is in good shape, man. Yep. Uh, did you hear on commentary when Corey Graves was trying to talk about his past by saying, "Oh, he had a he had a difficult life," and then Michael Cole says, "Oh, and he likes to have fun too." He just sort of cuts him off. No, didn't just, didn't notice that. One. Good. I try to I try to cut out the commentary. It's just drink. this real. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're you're a be, you're a happier fan for it. Yeah. So, uh, just watch everything on mute or go to everything live or whatever. <laughs> but no, it was uh, Michael Cole just demonstrated that. WWE doesn't really like to tell those intricate stories, but Rich Swan is completely a guy who you can build up as the next challenger. So, but either way, it was an entertaining match, and it was not a lot at stake here. I'm not upset that one guy won or lost yet. So, good stuff. And we have next in the ongoing saga of Cesaro and Sheamus being tag team partners, uh, defeating a couple of enhancement talent guys. Uh, they had once again some difficulty getting on the same page, but eventually Sheamus finished the match for him. This, this was more funny than anything. It was kind of just like a, a, a comedy segment throughout the show. <laughs> you said that so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this is more funny than anything. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they're trying to do, but uh, I don't know where these guys are going. They said they're going to get a championship match. Uh, haven't not any more excited about Cesaro and Sheamus, but uh, it, it was it was a it was a little little bit of comedy, which I guess is better than nothing. Cesaro and Sheamus, I am hype, dude. I am so excited for them when they finally get their crap together and become a good well-oiled tag team uh with the two hardest hitting strongest dudes ever uh and then they you know beat the new day or whoever have a really good program with somebody because those two guys should definitely get off the ground because they will be unstoppable once they're together i guess we'll 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 have to see we'll tune in we'll see if that happens or we'll see if you know (laughs) it doesn't happen this just continues forever but uh either way uh, coming up next, we had a women's main event in Raw, which hasn't happened in a while. The best part of the show. Definitely. By far. Definitely. Best work on the show. Definitely best. Um, I haven't said definitely quite enough times yet, so I'll keep talking about that. But uh, a wonderful intro promo, too. Yeah, I like the little yeah. lead up to it. Uh, 
I did predict this last week, Grant, that mm. Sasha Banks was going to win this title this week. You did. Uh, spectacular match. I mean, these two just, they put on a show. Uh, women's wrestling with these two at the forefront is pretty pretty amazing. Um, and then next at, at the next pay-per-view, Sasha's going to give it right back. So I'm no t- yeah, I'm predicting that right now. Yeah. Charlotte? Charlotte's going I'm telling you they're just going to build up those title reigns. Those that number of 5, 6, 7 reigns, 8 reigns. She's going to get to her father's number eventually and to do that, they just got to keep taking it off of her and putting it back on. So yeah. as long as it doesn't feel mechanical like that. As long as they make it natural and organic where they build her up as this incredibly athletic, strong, fierce competitor who's also a heel. Right. Which is what they should do, and they should have matches like this. And this makes me really, really excited for the women's division on Raw. So I honestly couldn't be happier with the result. This was wonderful. It was. I'd be happy with Sasha Banks to keep it for a while. I'd be fine with that. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to keep switching it on and off. Maybe maybe Bailey gets a title at some point, but I think Sasha and Charlotte are going to keep trading it as long as they can let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that. I could watch their yeah. matches for a year. Oh, I could too. Yeah, they're the good stuff. The the flying moonsault, the 450 moonsault, yeah, whatever that, that twisting was. Moonsault. That was unbelievable. I did not see that coming. I mean, she always does the moonsault, which is amazing. It's incredible. And then she throws a, a twist in there. That's uh that's an athletic move that not many men or women can do. And she made it look about as easy yeah. as signing her name, too. She did. She just did it and Sasha kind of held out an arm to catch her, yeah. but she completely came down standing up <laughs> yeah, like the Terminator. is perfect. perfect. Yeah. So great stuff on Raw this week. I was really happy with the direction that the entire yep. show went. And, uh, yeah, honestly, just really thrilled about that. So let's move on to SmackDown. To SmackDown we go. And we got more Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Just confusion. Joy. <laughs> hey, did it, so So they, they started out with, with Orton and... Wyatt and why? Well, it's going to be a match against Kane. Did you hear the the pop that Kane got? Yeah, that, it was that, a that big, was pretty good. It was a big Kane pop in San Diego. I was pretty, I was pretty happy about that. But uh, uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt uh, just walks out of the ring because Randy Orton's on the screen and he wants to go find him. And then they spend the, the whole show just kind of going back and forth. And Bray ends up in a a dungeon. Randy locks him a in storage a storage closet. A storage Jameson. storage closet slash dungeon. <laughs> Um, somehow he makes his way out, but uh, yeah, the Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt stuff is is odd. It is odd. I'm glad they didn't do as much of it. They only did about half as what they did last week, right? Which is good because it got excessive. It was literally six segments, and this was three. But the problem is, it makes these two guys going into this pay per view look like the two biggest goofs in your company, uh, which is unfortunate because they're not. They're right. both really talented guys, but. I'm looking forward to, and we'll get into that later at No Mercy, but these two guys moving on to other things uh, after having a good match, which I believe they're totally capable of doing. So, yeah. So, anyway, not to spend too much time on that, (laughs) Uh, we have Nikki Bella defeating Alexa Bliss after some shenanigans. Uh, Carmella was on commentary for this one, uh, and she got in Nikki's face. So, uh, there's this whole situation where Carmella ended up jumping Nikki and gave her the win by a DQ. Yep, uh, and then they're they're a Bliss and Carmella are both beating the crap out of Nikki Bella, and so Becky Lynch comes down to save them. So now there's four girls in the ring. Uh, the show goes to commercial, and the biggest shocker, it, it, one of the biggest shockers in wrestling history. You come back from commercial, and there's a tag team match. Nobody saw that Welcome one coming. Welcome to SmackDown, dude. Welcome Nobody saw that one coming. Yeah. SmackDown Live is a totally different brand, by the way. <laughs> 
We're not at all repeating the same stuff we did for like 10 years. But you know what? Uh, I wasn't actually... There was there was a little too much going on in the match to set this up, and it was obviously a setup match. You know, well, like you just know if you've watched SmackDown enough. Or just any wrestling program. If there's four people in the ring just beating the, the crap out of each other and they go to commercial, when you come back from commercial, it will be a tag team match no matter what. Yes. And <laughs> so the uh, first thing I said when they went off the air for that commercial, I was like, well, that's a tag team match. But uh, I do love uh, uh, Alexis Bliss's uh, Twisted Bliss. That looked pretty sweet. It's a great finisher. She is, is a crazy athlete. Yeah. So a former gymnast, cheerleader, very athletic. She's really, uh, not that this has anything to do with anything, but when you look at her standing next to other people, she's only about five feet tall. Right. Or not, she's a few inches above that, I think. But she's very short, but she has absolutely no difficulty doing all these crazy moves and uh I think she's really developing on the show. So yeah, she's got a good future ahead of her. I totally believe that. And it ended with the uh, heels actually pulling one over um, with Alexa pinning Becky. The champion. Which, yeah, which I wasn't too mad at because there was so much stuff going on that it seemed like it just could have happened. It wasn't like they wrestled the match. It wasn't like Roman Reigns and Rusev getting into a match and then doing it again on the pay-per-view and then again on Raw. It was a little bit more nuanced. So, yeah, I can't even complain about that. No, it was uh, good stuff from the women, and uh, I think the pay-per-view will have uh, good matches from all those four as well. Definitely. And we're going to skip the um, Bray Wyatt luring Randy Orton backstage segment that came next, because MJ, unless you want to talk about it. No, I think we already did. We're Moving good. on. So Daniel Bryan appeared in the ring, and they did the uh, same sort of thing where he presented uh, cancer survivors with championship belts. Um, again, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, yep. good stuff. Um, coming up next, we have the Hype Bros defeating the Vaudevillains. Uh, during the match, the Ascension sort of wandered out there, but it didn't really end up doing too much. Uh, the Hype Bros went over, uh, pinning Aiden English to get the win. Uh, all I get from this one is the Vaudevillains are completely getting buried, and uh, the Hype Bros, I guess, small push. That's what I got from that one. I guess so. Um, not, not. I mean, it was a fine match, but didn't didn't really move the meter too much. No, not really. Just sort of filler. Yeah, but. Uh, either way, um, I'm happy that there's a distinction with the tag teams where the Hype Bros are quarterfinalists material, but they can't That's beat, true. Uh, like, you know, say Rhino there's, or Slater. There's different those. tiers of the, the SmackDown tag team division, which is fine. Yeah, as of right now, it's not just people beating one another and nobody having any heat. It's uh, There's a clear distinction to it, and the Hype Bros are great for whenever you need someone to go out there and just yell a lot <laughs> and do a sort of exciting match. So, yeah, no complaints there, but... This might have been my favorite segment of the entire week, uh, apart from the women's match on Raw, is the Miz and Maurice doing their version of This Is Your Life, a dolphumentary that celebrated Ziggler's career. They showed all of the real-life stupid stuff that WWE has made him do. A great video package. That yeah. was just great. My favorite Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler is him just going up to every person in the back room and just, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler, yeah. shaking everybody's he hand. I loved gimmick. that. It was. Uh, I remember when he was doing that. That was funny. Uh, he's a different different guy now, but um, yeah, that was uh, another good uh, Ms. TV episode. They usually are pretty entertaining. Yeah, this was wonderful. And then they bring out two members of the Spirit Squad. You th- was those actual old him. members? You think? I think so. Okay. I think it was Mikey and somebody. I don't even know if they're named, but Kenny I, yeah, and Mikey. I think it might have been them. Yeah. I don't even know if they said their names, but I remember it. I just said this is almost too good, <laughs> right? Like right. They, yeah. this is this is so perfect. For Ziggler, because they're not holding anything back with no. his career match. 
So, and honestly, I've never wanted to see him prevail more. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's what they're going for too. And uh, yeah, that was they they had their cheers and everything, and uh, Ziggler got pretty fired up, and that that was great leading to what's probably going to be another great match from these two. Yes, and a match that we're actually excited about because it's hard to predict. Right, and we'll get into that later. Yep. But uh, great stuff. So, all right, coming up next, we have a one half of either tag team match. They like to do that too. It's Jason Jordan defeating Jey Uso after a pretty quick win. It was just with a roll-up. Uh, but after the match, the Usos jumped both members of Alpha, uh, re-injuring Gable's leg and trying to do the same to Jordan, but the team of Heath Slater and Rhino made the save and drove him off. I don't know if Gable's going to be able to make it in the business, dude. I don't <laughs> you think keep he's, bringing this up. I know, I do every week. I don't think he's going to be able to make it. He gets hurt every week. But uh, take a few weeks off, get healed up, and then you'll be all right. You... Yeah, okay. So what they need to do is they need to somehow nerf American Alpha until this program is over. Because American Alpha, if you've seen them work, which you have, and you haven't seen their best work, which was in NXT, but they could easily top it on the main roster, is they just run over everybody. They start handing out suplexes, and they look like the most dominant tag team you've ever seen. And not just kayfabe, but in real life, just these two crazy athletes. But they need to keep them on the shelf and I honestly think the knee injury is fine. Mm-hmm. I at least appreciate that they remember doing it. I'd rather have it be this way than them completely forgetting about it and have them lose to the vaudevillains or something. <laughs> that, so that wouldn't be good. Yeah, but I get your point though. It yeah. is. It, it's. It's been a while now. It's been a, almost a month. Yeah, we haven't right? seen them dominate or control a match in a while. Yeah, but not uh, since the tournament. No, but we'll see. The Usos are still looking decent, even though uh, Jay Jay Uso took a loss. But uh, they they seem dominant for sure. Yeah, I thought this was fine because it establishes American Alpha as that next step in the program, but without compromising everybody because it was just a roll-up, and I wasn't even too upset about that. So uh, I'm honestly wonderfully excited for whatever comes next. Uh, And we are – I'm trying not to get into predictions, but it's so hard because this is the go-home show. So anyway, coming up next, a Bray Wyatt segment I'm going to skip, and uh, Jack Swagger defeating Baron Corbin. Uh, Swagger had the Patriot Lock, as it used to be called. Now they're just calling it the Ankle Lock for some reason. Uh, and Corbin was reaching for the rope, but his hand happened to hit the mat, so the referee called um, that it was Corbin tapping out, and uh, he lost. That's a good story. That, that match told a good story. I like that because Baron Corbin's been rolling over anybody he's been facing. Jack Swagger, is his first match on SmackDown Live, hasn't really gotten a big win in, I would say, years. Um, but they that was a good way to give Jack Swagger a win. The, the referee makes a mistake. We don't see enough uh, referee mistakes in the WWE. Don't we? <laughs> if, if you watch the NFL, the referees make a mistake every week. So it's good to see a, it's good to see a mistake every now and then. Right, but yeah, no, that's that's a that's a whole different discussion about because they can WWE can actually control how dumb their refs look. So comparatively, they're actually doing. <laughs> that's without true. Without getting too much into that, but. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was fine, and it makes sense. At first I thought, Jack Swagger, you shouldn't accept that win because you're a babyface, but then you realize he's desperate and just jumped to SmackDown and he needs every win he can get. Exactly, you got to take it. Corbin trashed every set of ring steps and the commentary table because he was so upset. I was hoping he would take the monitors out, but he couldn't take the monitors out. He looked like he was thinking about it. He was thinking about <laughs> he it. Was thinking. He was, but uh, he thought better of it. Yeah, I wonder like who he would put through the table. Like, would he just grab some guy, or would he grab Morrow? JBL. Or, yeah, JBL. Or, That'd be uh, cool. Preferably um, 
David Otunga? Yeah, David Otunga. I he, forgot his name. Yeah, he he struggles on Mike a little bit. That's something I do notice about commentary. David Otunga, I don't know. He, I mean, he's still probably learning a little bit, but uh, he's he's got he's got some uh, room to grow. That's for sure. Yeah, and I haven't been talking about it too much because I don't want to spend too much time harping on commentary because right. everybody knows what's what about commentary by now. Right. But he just can't find his voice on the mic, and it sounds Couldn't strange because he can make points if he's pushed. But he just doesn't quite know when to talk or yep. what to say. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. But I hope he works it out because I like the guy. So, anyway, uh, coming up, we have our main event, which is a talking segment between AJ Styles, John Cena, and Ambrose. Uh, AJ came out first, followed by Ambrose, followed by Cena. Uh, and they met in the ring to face off because they're having a triple threat on Sunday. So, they completely broke down into fisticuffs after a few minutes of great promo work. Yeah, it which was. we'll talk about a little bit because it was awesome. And then they each got turns posing with the belt, ending with Ambrose after he hit Cena with our styles with Dirty Deeds on the ramp, and then left the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, I liked this segment. I liked how neither Ambrose or uh, AJ Styles was letting Cena talk because you know we're used to John Cena come out there and talking, and that was. Uh, and they were right what they were saying. They know what he's going to say. Um, I, I especially liked Ambrose promo. I think he had a good. He had a good night on uh, on Tuesday with saying, you know, he's been there more than anybody in the company. He's had the most matches over the last two years, and uh, he doesn't just go off to award shows now and then, fly his private jet like John Cena does. So, I, I really liked it. They all got a chance to hold the belt uh, throughout the uh, the last segment there, and um, I guess we'll we'll see what happens on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I was very excited. Ambrose in particular, this is the version of Ambrose that I've been wanting, I think, forever. It's the guy we like to think of him as, but he never quite is there. Yeah, fired up, a little more on, on edge uh, instead of kind of joking around. Yeah, that's that's the Ambrose we want. Yeah, and I want to see uh, Cena and Ambrose feud right now after this is over, of course. But because, pay, like, listen to, like, he was mocking AJ Styles doing all the variations of, oh, this is the, the champ that runs the camp, the face that runs the plays. And it was sort of jokey but serious. And then he turns to Cena and just tears him apart, tells him, no, I'm the hardest working guy here, but because I'm not clean-cut robot like you, you don't like me. That is probably has some real life context. Oh yeah, I think the uh, that him not sucking up to him back in the locker room when he first got there and trying to get his advice—that's probably true also. You know, yeah. I think a lot of that has, uh, and that's what made it good. Was it had a lot of real, real feel to it. Mm-hmm. And then AJ Styles insulting John Cena, telling him you'll never do what Ric Flair did because you are not even in that discussion, was untrue but great. <laughs> uh, depending on what your opinion is, but right. it was meant to be heelish, is what I'm saying. But it was very good work, uh, Cena. Just gets upset because he's an old man who's trying to reclaim this one last title uh, because it's his one last career aspiration is to tie Ric Flair's record. So this is so good. These can't be the same people who wrote the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton segments. <laughs> no, like there are two different teams of writers here, separate separate uh, writing teams. But yeah, it was. It, I think I liked what John Cena did too, um, and all three of them had a good segment. And, uh, yeah, you want to lead into predictions now? I would love to. Okay. So that was a wonderful end to SmackDown. So, all right, so we've got – do you want to start from the bottom of the card? Yeah, let's start from the bottom. All right, let's build the suspense a little bit. So we have Nikki Bella versus Carmella. That match is finally happening. Um, I predict Carmella to go over. What do you say? I predict Carmella as well. I think that she she needs it a little bit more. Nikki Bella can take a loss. Carmella – 
Westwood to uh, to beat Nikki Bella at the pay-per-view, No Mercy, I think would be a big step. So I'm taking Carmella. Same. I think she has a lot of momentum right now, and you can easily build that feud up yep. as the months go. And uh, <laughs> it's not en- there's not enough at stake yet, which is actually a good thing because they can still do a lot with it. And, um, you know, you're not tired of it as a viewer. So... I definitely think those two can probably put on a good match. Uh, also, um, this isn't a match, I don't think, but Kurt Hawkins is making his debut finally. After 18 weeks of making Chuck Norris jokes, yeah, he's which gotten progressively worse. Yeah, they've gotten worse. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't even mind the first one. I didn't care, but I didn't mind the first one. But on Tuesday, it was just irritating. Yeah, I didn't. It was yeah, it was it's quite annoying. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure he's not going to get a warm reception at the pay per view, but we'll see. Oh, I. I don't know if he's going to get any reception at the pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> some noise is better than any noise. So so for his sake, hopefully it's a boo at least rather than just silence. But Yeah, if there's any time I want in the crowd to yell what, it would be when he yeah, walked in. I, I'd be <laughs> shocked if it's if it's just a monster pop. But Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the feud that needs to end two weeks ago, Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Those two could probably put on a great match. Um Honestly, I think Randy Orton's going over, even though Bray Wyatt should, because that's the way things work. Okay, so you're picking Orton? I am picking Orton. For All right, I, I'm picking Bray Wyatt. I think they're going to give Bray Wyatt a win, and I also think it's going to be a great match. Uh, these two have been feuding for a while, but I think uh, for for Wyatt's sake, he needs that big win. Orton, he, he hasn't won in a little while either, but he's Randy Orton. He's got everybody behind him. I think he can, he can handle a loss. Bray Wyatt needs the win. Bray Wyatt goes over. I would support that if Randy Orton didn't look like the most fragile person in the world after SummerSlam. That's true. I know they both need big wins. I feel like Randy Orton can handle a loss better than Bray Wyatt can at this point, character-wise. That's probably true. That's probably true. But I just, like, I would love it if Wyatt won, but I'm just not sure if that's a direction they're working towards. But either way, it'd be a pleasant surprise, but I'm still going to go with Orton uh, just because I I know I'm getting an idea of how they're their booking works. I could, I, I'll never comprehend it, but I'm getting an idea of how it's supposed to work. So, all right. Well, we, okay. So there's we'll, one disagreement. We'll agree That's to good. disagree. We'll That's be good. reasonable about it. So, uh, the SmackDown tag team titles are on the line. It is Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Usos. Jameson, you start. Who you got? I think the Usos. I think the Usos are the, uh, the, the best tag team they got right now. Uh, they got the most heat. I think you, uh, Rhino and Heath have had a good run, but, uh, it's, I'm going with the Usos. I agree. I agree. the The tag team division is building under all of this. Like the you have the hype bros and the vaude villains and the ascension, and there's all these other programs going on. And American Alpha is clearly being kept from that picture. So I think it would only make it would make too much sense for the Usos to win. So I'm going to go with the Usos as well. I'm afraid to see if that does happen where Rhino and Heath Slater go. I'm afraid that they might all of a sudden fall off. But I hope not. We'll we'll see. Hopefully not. They're good. They're good together. But uh, I don't know. I can't see him. I can see them just from a WWE standpoint of just falling off the face of the card. But man, I hope see. they don't. But you know what? I predict the Usos because they've got the most direction right now. Maybe they'll shock us both, and Rhino and Heath will win. But maybe. Either way, I honestly wouldn't be upset. <laughs> no, because the I. Usos are clearly established as a threat, and losing wouldn't necessarily make them look too weak to compete for the championships. So. I, uh, I honestly don't think there's a ton to lose here, and that's honestly not a bad thing at this point. So coming up next is the SmackDown Women's title match. It is Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss. I I will start. I like Alexa Bliss, and I love her character work, and I think her in-ring work has come so far since she started. 
and uh, she's able to be this bona fide superstar now. Uh, but I have to give it to Becky Lynch because they trust her. She's a great worker. She's safe uh, most of the time on most stuff. Uh, I just think that they trust her, and I think she needs a title reign to validate that SmackDown Women's Championship. So what do you think? I agree with everything you said. Um, it doesn't make any sense to put it on Alexa Bliss right now. Even though she's she's looking real good in ring, she's, like I said earlier, she's got a bright future. She's probably going to hold this title one day, but uh, Becky Lynch is their main girl, and uh, they got to keep it on her for a while. So it doesn't make any sense for her to drop it in her first uh, big defense. Yeah, no way. And I'm a huge fan of Becky Lynch, so I'm a little biased coming into this one because I always talk about how great she is, and she is. So it's not a bad thing if the champion retains here and then they do it again or they switch it out for the next one. So very exciting stuff. My what could be the match of the night and the story of the year, essentially, the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, the career versus title match. Gotta love career versus title matches. We haven't had one of those in a while. No, Uh, I got to get your thoughts on this one first. What are you thinking? I'm going with Dolph Ziggler. I think Miz has had the title for, for a while now. He's done great with the title. Um, and if this wasn't a career match, I might go with Miz, but I, I don't think Dolph Ziggler's leaving the company. Um, I guess there's a chance if he loses, he goes to Raw. But I don't I don't see him leaving SmackDown. I think that's a good spot for him. Um, and I think Dolph Ziggler winning the Intercontinental Championship after uh, – all the all the video package on Tuesday making fun of him and the, his failure of a career. I think I think Dolph Ziggler is going to win on Sunday. I tentatively agree. Okay. Because I have no idea because there's so much real life context to this that we just don't know. Right. They've been talking about repackaging him, which makes me think with Shelton Benjamin if he ever is able to compete because he was going to be on SmackDown but he suffered an injury before getting to the show. So they're thinking about putting those two in a stable, which makes me think that it's going to be The Miz going over because they're going to do something else with Ziggler or maybe rebrand him. But To make him leave for a while is what you're saying and then come back? Yeah, but the entire buildup makes me think that Ziggler's going to win. So Who you got? I am so conflicted, and I love it. I love that wrestling's got me this conflicted, and I'm not so cynical about the predictions. But I am going with Ziggler also. Okay. It would be so he would get such a good pop if he won the Intercontinental title, especially after the quality match that I predict they're going to have. Yeah, I, I agree. So, wait, did you pick uh, Carmella or Nikki Bella? I picked uh, Carmella. All right, we both picked Carmella. So yeah. we only have one disagreement with Randy Orton Bray Wyatt. Let's yeah, the please, most, di- the, let's the please, most anticipated match on the card. Let's please disagree on this triple threat match. All right, yeah. for the title, universe or for the the WWE World Championship, who you got? I'll go first. Yeah, thank you. So you'll be the one who disagrees. And <laughs> yeah, I'll wrong. make the show a little more. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's on you this week. <laughs> that's on you. All right. So um, WWE Championship match: uh, AJ Styles versus John Cena versus Dean Ambrose. They're all great, and they all sort of needed in very different ways. Uh, I don't predict Ambrose first of all, uh, because he can survive without it, and I I would argue he's better as hunting a title than actually having it. Um, I am going to go with AJ Styles retains the title on SmackDown Live's pay-per-view No Mercy. Well, <clears throat> I'll scratch out my card here, and since you took AJ Styles, I'll take John Cena. Give him, give him that uh, that tying tying Ric Flair. Maybe maybe he'll pull it off. I'll I'll take John Cena. I'll go the contrarian here. All right, all right, and possibly would you be down for a possible more heelish, grumpy old man version of Cena to accompany that with the title? Yes, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'm I'm all for heel John Cena. I've been 
I've been pushing for that for years. I don't, we'll never see it. But uh, yeah, if he's if he's a little more angry, uh, a little more cocky and, and confident with that title, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all for it. So uh, it it'll be good. And I agree, Ambrose isn't going to win, but um, it it'll it'll probably end with someone pinning Ambrose. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that. But uh, yeah, either way, Styles or Cena um, will be good. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, excited. I'm excited for No Mercy. I am very excited. Sorry, Dean, but uh, <laughs> he's it's it's the curse of Dean Ambrose as a workhorse who the, who's over with the fans because he can afford loss after loss. He's not at all as a wrestler, but as like sort of in his position as an entertainer like Cesaro, where you can have him lose and sort of be marginalized for a while, but you always have him in your back pocket because he is that guy who stays off the injured list. I don't like that was crazy when you say he's never been injured. Yeah, that is pretty. That, another yeah, that was another good part of his uh, promo there. It was uh, that is weird to think about. Yeah, no, good for him. But uh, sorry, Dean, but you can survive without it. Uh, but I think they're going to have a great match. Um, this should be wonderful, and I'm going with Styles because he is the next big thing, and he is probably the best wrestler in the world, or at least he's in this yep. in the discussion. Right Can't now. argue with that. That would be that'd be smart in WWE's eyes to to keep it on him. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I know. I understand this means I'm betting against Cena, which is never a good <laughs> never bet a good to idea. Have. That's why I'm I'm fine with the Cena. I'll take Cena. I'll, I let you pick first. I'll take Cena. All right. That you know what? That sounds good to me. Okay. So we have our predictions locked in. Yep. Um, and the show is this Sunday, uh, so we will be tuning in there. And next week we will break down the show. Uh, we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll talk about this highly anticipated career versus title match and all the other great matches that are on this card. I am really looking forward to it. Uh, you should definitely tune in uh, if you're not planning on it, or if you are, uh, send us a tweet at RingmasterSamU. People have actually been tweeting at me good, uh, good. on the account, so follow us and uh, tell us what you liked about the show. Um, we can talk about Raw, whatever, whatever you use Twitter for. So uh, you can follow Jameson on Twitter, too. Uh, Jameson, what's your handle? At Jameson424. At Jameson424. And I am at Grant underscore Lefave. Yeah, no, that's it. So <laughs> I just never use it. But, uh, yeah, so that is our show for this week. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time, Marks. Marks.